Hi, this is Anna with Check It at the Roundtable. Just so you know, you can support this podcast as well as related podcasts, What the BL, and YouTube channels, The Hand Network, and The Asian Drama Club by going to our website, thelittlegreenhouseonthecorner.com backslash support, where we have both PayPal donation buttons as well as the affiliate link for Grove Collaborative. Also, if you want to donate directly via PayPal, you can donate to rosesoutofthesnow at gmail.com. Thanks for your support. And without further ado, here's today's podcast. Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Roundtable, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing I Do Be Loved in House, episode 11 of the Taiwanese BL drama series. Anna has been following this weekly because I really like this series. I mean, really, it's one of the nicest that's come out this year. However, episode 11 is leaving me with, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you get that metal taste in your mouth and you have to go brush. That's what episode 11 is leaving me with peeps because you know i have really enjoyed episodes 1 through 10. now i realize that some people are complaining because it moves a little slow and lacks passionate scenes which is one of the reasons that anna really likes this series but episode 11 i just kind of feel like you know mildly throwing the device across the room and hitting the wall because you know, it's just leaving me with that kind of vibe. But anyway, this episode opens with basically a discussion of how Shili and Jin Yuzin keep missing one another. Not like as in they miss each other, although they do, but mainly in that they completely continue to misunderstand each other. And as that happens, they keep moving further and further apart when they both want to be closer together and understand one another better. What has happened is Yi Zetong, or Yi Stone, whatever you want to call him, has basically planted himself in the shop and is now working on this project with Jin Yuzin. Jin Yuzin is not comfortable with Yi Zetong. Jin Yuzin is... Very confused, Yi Zetong still hasn't explained himself and his reasons behind why he just up and left Jin Yu. Now, it's during this episode that you do find out that what happened was he got an internship in the U.S. and just decided to leave without telling Jin Yu Zin anything. And Jin Yu Zin ended up rushing and speeding to get to the airport to say goodbye to him. And that's when he got hit by a car and in a six-month coma. And Jin Yuzin never got back in touch with him until now. The thing that bothers me the most about this whole story is, number one, seven bloody years have passed. I mean, I don't mean it weird. I'm like, if somebody you cared about, you found out was lying in hospital for six months with a coma, and you just don't do anything about that upon finding out until seven years later. And the other thing that really bothers me about Jin Yu's, or Lisa Tong's character is there is this moment like middle of this episode where she Lee decides he's going to go out for a drink with 
Zitong. I think his name is Zitong. I'm still not very good at Mandarin names, guys. I do apologize. Or Taiwanese names, however you want to look at it. But anyway, he has a good day in the shop where Li Zitong is talking to him about different projects. And, you know, that goes pretty well. I do have to say that I was kind of like, this isn't going to work out okay at all. But what Li Zitong did is he actually incorporated some of Shi Li's projects, which Shi Li had put back on the shelf, into the New Year's or the summer's projects, which I have to say that was good for him. I mean, no offense, he's been excluding Sheely this whole time. So incorporating some of his designs, I mean, it's kind of a booby prize, but still it's working here. We're trying to work together and yeah, anyway. But at the end of the day, Lisa Tong calls Sheely as he's heading home and says, I forgot, but you were going to talk to me about something, and we didn't get that discussed. So you want to meet for drinks. And so Sheely goes to meet him for drinks. And it's during that time that he asks him, he says, you know, why basically did you do what you did? And actually, more importantly, he asks him, you know, do you still love Jin Yu? And you know, he never gets an answer because all that Lisa Tong says is, well, I know he still loves me. So whether I love him or not is irrelevant. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, I grew up on good, bad, indifferent with the grumpy old men series since a small child. And there was a scene in there with Walter Mathile and um, what was the other guy's name? I can't remember. But anyway, Pets and moron. Okay. But there is a scene in the first one where I believe it's Pets asks the moron, Do you love her? And he says, What does that matter? And he says, Because it would then make it all worthwhile. You know, giving this up, giving up this relationship because you care about her might make it worthwhile. And I don't know why, but that kind of just kept reverberating through my brain as I'm watching this series this today as it aired. And at the end of the day, you don't know whether Yi Zetong loves Jin Yu or not. All you know is that he dumped him seven years ago. And then Jin Yu ran and was racing after him to try to get there to say goodbye and ended up almost dying. And so that's kind of what you're left with, which leaves you with kind of that bitter metallic taste in your mouth. And you're going, eh, this is just very unpleasant. But anyway... It's also during this episode that we have um, Shili, Jinyu, Shikui, and Gang all go for a picnic together. And that goes well at the beginning, but then unfortunately Yi Zetong shows up and prevents um, Jin, Jin, sorry, Jin Yu from going after Shili, who just gets up and walks away really fast. He's like, you know, I didn't even want to come to this picnic in the first place. Um, you guys have a nice time. And he just leaves. And I think, you know, this episode is mainly about Shili trying to deal with the fact that, yeah, he might like Jin Yu, but that might be all that they can go on that journey with because it's too difficult. And he constantly, I think, Sheely is a very thoughtful person. I mean, he doesn't really come across that way when you first meet him in the early episodes. You're going, he's kind of brash. He's kind of, whoa, he just 
you know, off the cuff personality. But the thing that I think is as he lives with Jin Yu, as time progresses, he really develops a sense of care and empathy for someone, especially as I think he realizes that Jin Yu is not, he's been broken before. And she leaves like, you know, I really don't want Jin Yu ending up back with this creep from the pit of wherever but if that's who he wants to be with and if the creep isn't going to dump him again and leave him without a trace then maybe that's the best for Jin Yu. Now at the end of the day in this episode what happens is Shi Li has started to work with Lisa Tong. Jin Yu is very very confused. He's sitting there going is why is Lisa Tong even here after seven years? Why is she being nice and saying nice things about him? You know, Jin Yu is just a muddled mess. And he ends up at the end of this episode going and talking to Brother Gang at the coffee shop. And he basically says, you know, I don't know what to do. I keep having this gut feeling that Lisa Tong is here for other reasons, but I cannot figure out what on earth those reasons are. And Brother Gang looks at him and goes, you know, you're reminding me now of the kid I knew in college that, you know, threw temper tantrums and didn't understand things and would completely, you know, come unglued, but you, you're back to being yourself, genuine. And the thing that you need to realize is maybe you need to realize that you can't process certain things all the time with your head because it's not going to work, but you can maybe process them a little bit with your heart. It was nice to say that quote, if you have a better head or a better heart, and sometimes you have to choose between the two. At the end of the day, Jin Yu goes home after that, talks to Shi Li, who tells him how everybody likes um, Li Zetong at the office. And Jin Yu's like, why are you saying nice things about Li Zetong? And it's at this point that she leaves like, I don't know where to go with this. I don't know what to do with this. I'm just going to go to bed. Um, she is having nightmares that um, Jin Yu and Yi Tong are back together. And he's like, you know, I shouldn't be having these nightmares. Jin Yu is at this point in time, just my boss. I need to think of it like that. I don't need to be worried about that. You know, da, 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 da. it's none of my business. And, she Jin Yu is also having at the end of this episode a nightmare where he is remembering what it was like to be back with Yi Zetong, which really wasn't that good of a memory either. I mean, no offense, Yi Zetong, instead of listening to Jin Yu as he's telling you about this project he's working on, is busy scrolling through his phone. He doesn't have time, even back when things were supposedly all fresh and rosy, to listen to Jin Yu. And it's at that point that Jin Yu and him are having this conversation about did Jin Yu pursue Lisa Tong or did Lisa Tong pursue Jin Yu when they were in college? And it's at this point that Jin Yu says, you know, if you really did pursue me, if I really did pursue you, then why did you leave at the end? And then at that point, Lisa Tong is just vaporized from the room. And it's at this point that Jin Yu looks over and sees Shi Li, who is just smiling there going, hi, little prince. And that's how that dream ends. And she and Jin Yu's like, this was a very vivid dream. I'm not sure where to go with this. I'm not even sure what this meant. It's just weird. And he wakes up and he cannot go back to sleep. So he's sitting there kind of saying, Shi Li, Shi Li, Shi Li, like a mantra trying to calm down. And I think, you know, 
that scene encapsulates this whole episode really well because it basically shows that Jinyu is dealing with what do I do with the past? How do I mold it with the present? And who am I going to end up calling out for? Because that really is what this episode was all about. I mean, it's really up to Jinyu at this point in time for what he decides to do with that information. Because, you know, this is a situation where usually you can say either party can shift the game on this, as we would say. But in many ways, I think Shi Li is at a stalemate. He cannot move forward with Jin Yu because the move isn't up to him anymore. I mean, I think that Shi Li has done his best to let Jin Yu know that he was she wanting him. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, he really can't go further. Also, I mean, you have the whole dynamic of number one, I'm guessing Jin Yu is a little older than Shi Li. So you have that seniority of age, which can sometimes affect cuff rolls differently. Sometimes it really doesn't at all. I mean, I've met couples with great age difference of either party and they are equal without any seniority according to age. But, you know, I think you have that with Shili and Jin Yu, and you also have the fact that Jin Yu is not only the person Shili likes, but he's also Shili's boss. And what are you going to do with that? I mean, we're kind of back at square, you know, episode 10, where Anna really thought this episode, Shili was going to be thrown in the towel, sending in his resignation letter, because he can't, you know, state, Jin Yu, since Jin Yu has that singles rule. Although I do have to say there is a delightfully hilarious moment at the beginning of this episode where Anna is not for physical violence of any sort. So I'm not endorsing that behavior here. Okay. But I am saying, and you know, I really don't think it was physical violence on Jin Yu's part. He's just packed and yeah, anyway, but moving on here. At the beginning of this episode, Shili is climbing up the stairs going, Shiyu Jin, um, I'm sorry, no, Jin Yu, Jin Yu, Jin Yu, where are you, basically? And he comes up to his bedroom and sees Jin Yu there, and he cannot figure out, number one, why Jin Yu is in his room, since they have the rule on the fridge that says no one can go into anyone's room without the other person's express permission. And instead of, you know, saying hello in a nice, dignified manner. I really think what happened here is Jin Yu absolutely panicked and he grabbed Shili, threw him on the bed and pinned him down so that they could have a talk. Now, he did not hurt Shili at all. He simply, I don't think he really knew how to handle the situation, to be entirely honest. And he did a gut reaction on that deal, which isn't the best of things to ever do that. But anyway... It's doing this little back and forth that he has with Shili, who is not happy about being pushed onto the bed and pinned down. And he says, you know, why are you in my room? And Jin Yu says, I, I left something in your room. And he says, you didn't leave anything in my room, Jin Yu. I've cleaned my room. There is nothing of yours here, okay? And Jin Yu goes, I, I already picked up what was in your room. So how would you even know what it was? And Shi Li is like, you know, this is a weird day. I'm having to deal with 
dynamics at work I really don't like, dynamics at the coffee shop that are just, you know, pushing the envelope of my comfort level, and now dynamics at home and I'm being pinned down to my bed, unhappily so, and this is just not the way I want to spend, you know, my, I don't know, time after work. So anyway, she's like, you know, I, why are you here? This is, you know, we have a rule, and he basically reads out the rule, and Jinyu goes, you are not saying it verbatim. And Shili goes, well, you know, that's pretty much the rule. Don't come into someone's room without their permission. It's on the fridge. It's on the other door. I mean, you know, you've got it. You made the rule. It's not me. And Jinyu says, well, I, I took that rule off. And he says, okay, so you took off two rules now. You took off the rule that says no visitors. So my mom could be here and you wouldn't look like a jerk. And number two, you took off the rule that says you can not come into a room without permission. And he then goes on and says, you know, you, the coffee shop owner wants to have you go on a picnic to thank you for taking care of Shikui and letting him keep his job. And Jinyu goes, oh, that will, that will be nice. It will be our first outing. And Shili goes, no, no, I'm not going with you on this picnic. Jinyu, I am not going, you know, no, 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 no. And Jinyu's like, well, I'm not going on the picnic unless you come too. And he goes, I, and Jinyu's like, there is no, there is no debate here. You're going on the picnic. But I think, you know, during that little back and forth banter between the two of them, which, you know, it wasn't really a win-win, except at least they were talking. I mean, you know, it's kind of, I don't know, with some people, it's like, even if they're talking negatively, at least the conversation has started to roll. I don't know. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. But anyway, at the end of the day, during that conversation, Jinyu goes, you realize, Shili, that this is the most you have talked to me in a long while. And they basically have a pause there. But I really think the main problem with this whole episode 10, episode 11, and honestly, I mean, don't get me wrong. I am really looking forward to episode 12 next week. I mean, it is on my calendar come hell or high water, as we say where I came from. I will be tuning in to watch that movie, Uber, Uber Late, or Uber, Uber Early, depending on where you live in the world. But anyway... You know, I kind of have the same feeling about this series right now as I had about Thousand Stars. And let me explain. You know, when we got to episode 11 of Thousand Stars, I think most people were were kind of hacked with the um, feeling that episode before the last one gave everyone. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, feeds on YouTube you can check about how People are like, if they totally make this be a flop, I am not going to be a happy camper. I mean, we have invested over 11 hours of our watch time on this show. And, you know, what the goodness is going on here? And I don't mean it weird, but in the same way, I think, you know, we have 11 episodes. And the last two, I'm not saying that they were unnecessary episodes at all. I just really wish the writers had maybe gone in another direction on these last two because I don't mean it weird but we could have had three episodes that were not maybe conflict free but that would have been showing you know 
people resolving the conflicts within each other and with each other. And then maybe have two episodes where we were getting along really well instead of one finale episode where we're supposed to be able to believe that in like 20 to 30 minutes, everything can be remedied or go from, you know, bad to worse and then good again, which, you know, I'm not saying that's not possible. I could be stupendously shocked next week, which I'm totally hoping for. But why did we break it up this way? And who in the you know world was the writer who thought that we would want three episodes of pretty, pretty conflicting issues? I'm just saying. And you know, this whole E-Stone thing, I mean, I'm not saying it's not believable. Because you know there are situations in life really where people do come back after seven years and kind of walk in and think that time has stopped with them and everything will go back to the way it was and you know sometimes surprisingly it does but i have you know i've never personally seen that myself i mean you know i'm not saying it couldn't happen but it it'd be very very rare and the other thing is, you know, I think with the Eastone character, the thing that makes him so utterly repulsive, in addition to the fact that he left Jinyu without saying a word because he'd gotten this really good internship in America. I mean, it's kind of like that conversation where Sheely is with, um, what's his name? Eastone. I don't know his other name. I'm sorry. It, it eludes me right now. But anyway... And he says, you didn't even talk to Jinyu about like what that would affect his life with. You just left without saying a word. And Easton's like, well, you know, it was it was my career. I, I had to do what I had to do. And I'm sitting there going, you know, um, maybe you had to do what you had to do. But if you are in relationship with someone and it's a, you know, significant relationship, I really don't know you know, too many people that would ever go back to someone who did something like Easton did, especially with the consideration of the, uh, what do you call it? I'm sorry, I forgot to turn off notification peeps. I'm not good with that. But anyway, especially with the, and my screen just went black. Oh, there it's back. Okay. I'm still getting used to the new computer. It's, yeah. But anyway, especially with the issues of simply the car wreck and the six-month coma included. And then, you know, Easton has this such a false pretense of sitting there going, Jin Yu did all this. He owns this company now because he wanted to get back with me. And I'm going, you know, I really think I could be totally wrong here on misjudging Jin Yu, but... I don't think that him buying up this company had a darn thing to do with Eastone. I really think it had a lot to do with, he saw a, a cute fox and he was like, I want to at least work near the cute fox. And if I buy the company, ergo, I get to work near the fox and, you know, live with the fox, which isn't a bad perk. I'm just saying, I, I really think that's what was going on with Jin Yu and his thought process on this deal. And so, you know, I really just, yeah, it leaves you with a bitter taste in your mouth on this episode. And I would like to say that, you know, after three days of reflection, it has gotten calmer about it. But I'm like, no, 
I am going to rewatch this episode over the weekend to give it my unbiased opinion when I have more sleep and, you know, that kind of thing. So I can concentrate better than I normally do when I watch Asian drama, which is usually, you know, in the wee hours of the early morning or wee hours of the... They wouldn't be wee large hours of the beginning of the night. But anyway... I'm just saying it's kind of a weird ball of wool with this episode because it really does give you the feeling of Thousand Stars episode um, 11. I mean, it, it's just an unsatisfactory episode. I, I really wish I could say something nice about it, but I'm like, they really better pull up their act here in the last one. And I'm hoping for a second season so we get to see people getting along well instead of, you know, at each other's throat over a singles rule, which is kind of comical. I don't mean it with that part of this series. I really did like the back and forth banner between Sheely and Eugene. And maybe that's something unhealthy of me, but oh, that was funny. But I really did not like the introduction of Eastone, and I don't think it's going to get better over this next little bit. Although I'm hoping by next Thursday, it has cleansed my palate, and I'm like, oh, this is a great series. The end made up for all the disjointed uncomfortability of episodes 9, 10, and 11. Ta-da! And with that is my review of Beloved in House. I do episode 11. I am sorry for the rants, peeps, and I don't mean it where my mind runs in circles sometimes, and it's one of those days. I've been having way too much caffeine, and I got up at 4.10 this morning which was not a good plan since I have a bunch of English lessons to teach later on here. Check it at the round table. Bye. Hi, this is Anna with Check It at the Round Table. Just so you know, you can support this podcast as well as related podcasts, What the BL and YouTube channels, The Hand Network and The Asian Drama Club by going to our website, thelittlegreenhouseonthecorner.com backslash support, where we have both PayPal donation buttons as well as the affiliate link for Grove Collaborative. Also, if you want to donate directly via PayPal, you can donate to rosesoutofthesnow at gmail.com. Thanks for your support. And without further ado, here's today's podcast.